everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 126. Today we are continuing our Francis Ford Coppola Corner with a review of The Godfather Part 2, followed by a review of the new Top Gun film, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, this week we do have Marco back, so welcome back, Marco. I'm back, baby. We I took a little finally. sabbatical. He was, no, he was wandering the streets. I don't know what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> Filming movies and in alleyways and in my backyard again. I mean, it was, I, really it was weird because the Andor trailer came out while he was out too, and I was like, hmm, a little bit convenient. So, I uh, <laughs> I uh, brought the cape back too, so I was wearing that. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a little one for James. Yeah, no, the the Matrix sequel didn't work out for him either. So, yeah, unfortunately okay. not. So, <laughs> I'm back though. There, though. I'm cleaned. <laughs> How much do clothes cost the Matrix? Cleansed. Okay. So uh, let's move on now. Let's get into our Francis Ford Coppola corner. You know, Francis and I were very good friends right from the moment we met. Uh, we're very different. Francis is very flamboyant and very Italian and very sort of go out there and do things. I'm very sort of, well, let's think about this first. Let's not just sort of jump into it. Um, and so he used to call me the 85-year-old man. Uh, and um, But together we were great because, you know, I would kind of, be the weight around his neck that slowed him down a little bit to keep him from getting his head chopped off. Uh, and um, on aesthetically and everything, we sort of had very compatible uh, sensibilities in terms of that I was strong in one area, he was strong in another, and so we could really bounce ideas off of each other. So last time, the last movie that we did was The Conversation, actually. So uh, with The Conversation, it was right after Godfather Part 1, you know, critically acclaimed, we talked about it last time, so we have some things to go over. What was... Uh our good buddy Francis Ford Coppola up to. If this is your first time listening to us, just a reminder, we are uh, at a pretty good pace, I gotta say. Going through the Francis Ford Coppola films from beginning to his latest, which, I mean, by the time we get done with this, maybe that Megapolis movie will be out. Who knows, right? So, <laughs> One can only hope. Yeah, so, it sounds like it's actually probably gonna happen, which is kind of strange, but um, we are now in the golden era of the Coppola films as a lot of people would say and we're moving on to the godfather part two so here's some trivial facts that we pulled up from uh, wikipedia so check these out so during Thank the filming you, of the conversation yeah during the filming <laughs> of the conversation coppola wrote the screenplay for the great gatsby however in the commentary track to the dvd of the godfather coppola states i don't think that script was actually made Coppola shot The Godfather Part Two in parallel to the conversation. It was the last major American motion picture to be filmed in Technicolor. George Lucas commented on the film after its five-hour-long preview, telling Coppola, You have two films. Take one away. It doesn't work. I don't think he said it that way, did he? <laughs> Listen, uh, Frank, the thing is, uh, when, you, when you got two good things, sequel, baby. He said it just like that in a, in a quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> In the director's Referring, comments, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, I cut him off there. Go ahead, go ahead, Nabil. Referring to the movie's portrayal of two parallel storylines, one of a young Vito Corleone and the other of his son Michael. In the director's commentary on the DVD edition of the film released in 2002. Coppola states that this film was the first major motion picture to use part two in its title. Paramount was initially opposed to this decision to name the movie The Godfather Part Two. According to Coppola, the studio's objection stemmed from the belief that audience would be reluctant to see a film with such a title, as audience would supposedly believe that having already seen The Godfather, 
there was little to no reason to see an addition to the original story. However, with the success of The Godfather Part 2 began the Hollywood tradition of the numbered sequels. The new movie was released in 1974 and went on to re- uh, receive tremendous critical acclaim, with many deeming it superior to its predecessor. It was nominated for 11 Academy Awards and received six Oscars, including three for Coppola, which included Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Director. So without further ado, let's get into our review of The Godfather Part 2. history of two generations of crime, the drama of absolute power and the men who violate it, The Godfather, Part 2. What is your name? Don Vito Corleone and his son Michael both had seen the ones they loved most cut down before their eyes. Both had killed as an act of vengeance. Both commanded the most powerful and merciless crime organization in the world. Is it true that in the year 1950, you devised the murder of the heads of the so-called five families in New York? It's a complete falsehood. They would take any measures. I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemies. Make any arrangement. Michael, we're bigger than U.S. Steel. Order any death to protect the empire they controlled. The Godfather Part 2, released in 1974 and has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. The early life and career of Vito Corleone in the 1920s New York City is portrayed while his son, Michael, expands and tightens his grip on the family crime syndicate. The movie was directed, of course, by the great Francis Ford Coppola as we are continuing our Coppola corner. It was written by Mario Puso, who also did Superman in 1978, and Francis Ford Coppola, which, by the way, for the longest time, I did not know that uh, it was the I same Mario Puso that did uh, <laughs> Superman, so I was like, all right. This was oh released God. on... <laughs> this movie, again, was released in 1974 on December 20th. Uh, it had a budget of $13 million and had a box office uh, success of $93 million. Jesus. It stars Al Pacino as Michael, reprising his role. Robert Duvall comes back as Tom Hagen. Diane Keaton, once again playing Kay, introduces Robert De Niro as Vito Corleone. John Cazale as Fredo Corleone. He's uh, reprising his role there, too. Uh, Talia Shire also comes back as Connie Corleone. And Lee Strasberg as Hyman Roth. Also stars Michael V. Gazzo as Frankie Pantangeli. Pantangeli? <laughs> Pantangly. There we go. I got this one. I'm pulling in the bill I think here. It was, I think it, before it was actually probably closer. <laughs> yeah, probably. I could never say this fucker's name. So anyway, I just call He's him dude very, with a funny voice. So Italian. <laughs> dude so with a funny voice. GD Spradlin <laughs> as uh, Senator Pat Geary. So going to go on with a little bit of history with the movie like we've done with all of uh, other Francis Ford Coppola's films. So... I think I'll start with uh, 
James on this one, switching it up a little bit on my return. Y'all thought I was going to keep things the same. But uh, that's what uh, sabbatical is for. Changes you a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> James. Okay, all right. <laughs> what's, your, what's your history with this movie? Have you seen it before? I'm pretty yeah. sure this wasn't yeah. your first fucking time. <laughs> it's not my first rodeo here, but um, I haven't seen... First time watching in 4K, because uh, once again, these are all released in 4K, so... Yummy. I, I don't think I've seen this one in a long time, though, from what I remember. Probably the last time the Blu-rays were released is the last time I saw it, and... Mm-hmm. Because there's even parts in the beginning I was like, I do not remember this starting this way. So, but yeah, I've seen it a, f- a few times. So, and um, it's one of those movies that kind of sticks with you. Right on. Uh, bonus question. Did you see this one in film school? Oh, God, did I? Probably. I mean, more than likely. Mm. I think we watched the first two a couple times. Mm. Right on. I was so just curious. Probably- skipped right over the third one, huh? They're like, <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> like <laughs> it don't exist. It doesn't matter because I think it's it's it was an example of a film that uh, is highly like like we said in the trivia, this sequel is highly regarded uh, as one of those sequels that is better than the original kind of thing. Yeah. So that's it, that's always it, usually this is you know this aliens certain other movies it always comes up like that. So. Terminator Two. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What about Unibill? What's what's your history with the movie? I'm assuming this wasn't your first time seeing it too. It was not I, the the first time I've actually seen it. It was on uh, playing on TV. It was one of those mm. uh, that edited. It goes on AMC. Yeah, or was it that the ver- edited- gotta, it was it the version that put it in order? There's a version of it where they do both movies or all three, and it's all. I in thought that was recent too. I think no, that was it's been around thing, since the nineties. So. Oh, has it really? That's weird. Well, it might. I mean, it might have been what I seen. Cause I the the scenes that I remembered the most were the quote flashback scenes in the film with uh, Robert De Niro, and so I would always have more fonder memories of seeing. Oh my God, it's Robert De Niro! Funny <laughs> film, than recognizing Al Pacino. Um, and then eventually, of course, I ended up seeing a full version of it on on a DVD. But yeah, this is obviously the first time I'm seeing it in 4K as well, and still a very enjoyable experience. Right on. Well, this was my first time seeing The Godfather Part 2. Just kidding. No. I was like, really? <laughs> this is the one I've seen the most, actually. So, I saw it also on TV, Nabil. Uh, the, the first two original movies. And yeah, it was the edited version. Not the one that James was, was talking about. But yeah, TNT. T- Dude, yeah. I think that's the first time Always. I saw 2 was recorded. Yeah. But yeah, I saw it right there. Right something then- gets good. Sorry, like right when something gets no. good, a fucking commercial comes on, you're like, fuck. Right? So like, you could tell it's super edited, like the freaking dialogue is all off and shit. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's what, what they're saying. What do you mean? Stop being a pasta. <laughs> Sorry. And it, it ended up uh, renting them. It was a fucking dual VHS because, you know, I'm old. Oh, big boys. Yeah, and ended up buying, I think, the first two. I think my brother got it for his like birthday or for Christmas. He got the first two. Obviously, skipped the third one uh, on uh, double VHS. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I've seen this one quite a bit. I hadn't seen it in a while. I haven't seen any of the Godfather movies in quite some time. But, yeah, that's my that's my history. So, yeah. Well, let's go on to what we think. Um, James, like, what did you think of it? Well, how, did, how, did, how did this experience differ from uh, the other times you've seen it? So, just like the other one, I, I, I sat down and watched it all, like, straight through. This one's actually longer than... The Godfather, which is fucking crazy. I want right. to say this movie's like three hours and twenty minutes long. I mean, there there kind of are two films almost in here. 
Oh my God, George was right. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> you're, cra- you're goddamn crazy, Frank. You're, you're crazy. Why wouldn't you capitalize on it? Listen, the pottery scene. The pottery scene got, could be right here. You got the Wookies and you got the Ewoks. You separate them. Money, baby. Um, it was great. I lo- I loved it again. I I like I said. I it been God, it's probably been probably ten plus years since I saw this movie and a long I think time. The, yeah, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Um, and it has it. Dude, I gotta say this: the 4K restoration is fantastic on this one too, man. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, it's yummy. It looks so good. Once again, there's scenes like obviously when you can tell when the actors, but there's scenes of like. Scenic shots. I'm like, if you told me that was shot yesterday, I'd believe you. I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I loved the. Um, I loved Robert De Niro in this movie. He's great. I think too, as a young Vito mm-hmm. Corleone, it's it's really nice seeing his rise to power. While Michael's and, and Vito's is more like more of a, it shows you the difference between the two as well. Yeah, and Vito's more of a family man actually, and he, he cares about. He seems he comes off as caring more. Obviously, he still gets yes. into some pretty dark shit later on in life, and then Michael's path is like his downfall and how he's yeah. losing his family and it's it's like fucking crazy yeah <laughs> so yin and yang. So, yin and yang. so I'll, I'll get obviously more into it in a bit with you guys but i was pleasantly surprised again it's even though the movie's three hours and 20 minutes long and i just i love the scenes i love like locations i love that they actually you know they don't do this anymore for things they actually shot a location yeah. like <laughs> It's fucking right. nice. It's like nice to see shit like that. And then uh, also, I gotta mention Vito's friend, the, the gangster guy. He kind of reminds me of Marco. I don't know why. Whole fucking time I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> the whole yeah, fucking look time. At her. She's pretty, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess, no, I'm not even talking about. I'm talking about the other guy, the gangster guy. He's like, I get you uh, a cop, a rug. Oh. You want a rug? <laughs> yeah. That was, I was that like, was oh shit. shit! What is Marco doing here? Putting a gun in a guy's head? I'm like, oh my god. They just stole from that guy. <laughs> it's a brand new, brand new rug. I know. And now he's, he's like brand a family new, friend. Brand new. Once. Yeah, <laughs> now he's a family friend playing with his daughter and shit, or his son. I was like, okay, I can see this. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll talk more about it in a little bit. But yeah, I, I really liked it. So Good shit. What about you, Nabil? I still have uh, fond memories of watching this film, of, of uh, seeing young uh, De Niro, young... Al Pacino uh, portraying the famous characters and really being able to get a lot of the references again. Mm-hmm. Some of them you forget about. You know, you go watch them and like, oh my god, there's. This, and this let's face it, there's thing. no way as a kid that I understood like the the dealings they were trying to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like especially Michael stuff. As a kid, I was like, cool. Who else would die? You know. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole plot with Hyman and Roth. I was like, I didn't. I didn't remember what was happening until we saw it now, and I'm like, oh, that's that makes more sense now. Why yeah. they're going out to why there's a, a war in Cuba and why they're you know working with uh, there's a lot of animosity in the family and everybody's against them suddenly. Like it's yeah. it is a different. Um, I think watching this as as with a, a more awareness of what's happening around them yeah season eyes awareness of what's happening and and kind of getting a sense of the story you can realize that it's a much more telling side of just like what you said james like the examples of the yin and yang between Vito and anthony and where uh where everything is kind of going in his family um or michael i'm sorry with everything that's going with his family and being able to see that what Vito Corleone was able to to get through making favors and and mm-hmm. uh, building a fa- family and friends to where Michael's basically slowly 
whether it's intentional or not, or he's doing it to himself, he, he is slowly kind of losing grip or maybe even tightening the grip of power because like he talking. has to, and the old ways are gone. Yeah. And um, you really didn't catch that before. You just thought, oh, this guy's just a piece of crap, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, okay. This guy's just not going to make it in this film. <laughs> That's well. It's just that, and even, like, his personal life is, like, in shambles by the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... No, I I agree with you both. I I like the the dynamic to to see the those two paths cross each other. Uh, I watched this with my brother again because I've been trying to watch all these with my brother because I know he's he's a no, fan great. of Francis Ford Coppola too. So I'm like, dude, we got him fucking 4K. Let's do this. And um, we we're talking about it and we we're saying like, yeah, it's it like like James and what you were saying to Bill Vito seems to have um surrounded himself with people and and treats them with respect and keeps them all like close like a like a family and michael total opposite he's cutthroat he doesn't forgive he doesn't forget uh holds grudges and he it's almost like watching these movies back to back you kind of see why though like you see the trauma following him from the first movie where he saw that as his father's weakness that's that's how people were able to get to him and michael's doing the total opposite he even mentions at some point you know i that he learned you know from his father's mistakes and that he didn't want to like make those same mistakes and at the same time mm-hmm. that's what that's what is his inevitable downfall the movie even starts with him surrounded by all these people family friends this big festivity only to end with him alone in a chair at the very end and it's it's mm-hmm. kind of it's really cool the way like this this long game that Francis Ford Coppola plays with this character and you see his whole journey where he ends up versus where his father ended up. He died surrounded by family, you know, and yeah. it, it just shows all that the, that contrast and that the, that's what I really enjoyed about this movie seeing like how how just man just where they started their their roots and how this empire was built and ends up just completely falling apart so i really enjoyed that aspect of it i really like that beginning scene just bring up a scene that Mm -hmm. you know just to talk about it reminds me very i mean very much like the first film that starts out with uh it's a wedding you know in the Mm -hmm. first movie uh this one is uh his son's um communion yep so it's a big party it's in lake tahoe and i mean it's like 40 minutes of the fucking movie like it's it's a long time it reminded me of the deer hunter i don't know if you guys Remember that one as yeah. well. The, the yeah. hour long wedding sequence too. Like, holy <laughs> shit, this is long, right? But very uh, it authentic really too, up. like music and everything. Yeah. And-, and it just sets it up though. And it's even in stark contrast of like how people are asking him for favors there. And it's it's seemingly coming off as a lot more violent too. And people are more frustrated because he's he kind of puts off certain people and it's like, hey, you know, you you kind of get right. it from Michael's point of view. He he does want to keep the family name up. And it's really it's his it's his interactions with God, I can't say his name. Penton Pentangilli, basically, who's supposed yeah. to be running the New York side of stuff still. But then, you know, there's there's maybe like he's trying to betray him. But then we also have a senator, a crooked senator there too that yep. comes off as honest and shit. And then he's talking shit about the Italians and shit. And while they're behind closed doors, like holy fuck. So, right. Um, I still really do enjoy that scene. Just the setup of everything. It kind of shows you how Michael is different already too. So, and then like even like Frito showing up and he can't control his wife. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, she's so, she's, she's just like, wiping the floor with her. him. Yeah, but it just sucks because God, I like Frito a lot, but he's such a 
He's such a it's shitty tragic, like, dude. person. Yeah. It, it's it's tragic down to where Connie is begging for his life at the end and saying he's so sweet, you know, he's you know, he's just he, he's he weak really without is. you. He's, yeah, and he even tells him in the scene, like, you know, I was the older brother, but I got passed up and you got it all, you know? So it's yep. like he's yeah. constantly living in the shadow of everything. And it's he's like, trying to get, make it make it his own way and he's not exactly. but it's just ever like, been given. What I'm trying to say though is in the beginning of the film, like Michael is somewhat of like apologetic to him like like hey, you don't gotta apologize to me about your wife like you're my brother you know you know it's yeah, fine yeah. by the end of it all, where it ends yeah. we'll talk about it it's like it's, yeah that's one of the memorable scenes i think you know so yeah well uh, go, going forward on that and and kind of tacking on on that like nabil what what did you think of uh other aspects of, of the movie and i know you like certain scenes and certain aspects of it but what you, what'd you think of the soundtrack or or the acting I mean, the music still plays very strong in this film. It, it's it's not overbearing, especially when you're going into the flashback scenes, um, where I think that's a mm-hmm. lot more of where the music comes into play, um, and really just setting the tone of the era that it was in. You know, uh, being in in uh, Sicily and then going into New York for a little bit. Like, it's it really amps up a lot of the drama during those scenes. But when you're when you're playing when you're showing Michael. Um, you you don't get a lot of there it's not it's not about the music there isn't a lot of that if you ever like kind of see the difference there because because it's so much more serious mm-hmm. with with michael now compared to where it was with with uh Vito where he's you know kind of up Obviously, his first scene of him <laughs> trying to escape Sicily is a bit more dire since he basically loses his entire family and has mm-hmm. to start from scratch. Dude, but I totally forgot about his mom dying right there, too, by the way. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, dude, like, she, rough. she tried. She tried to save him, and then she tried to beast it out and try to take the guy out himself, herself. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> didn't very well. But, like, all his scenes had a lot of really good music in it because yep. it was a bit more hopeful, you know? Like, He's aspiring to be something. He's trying to be something himself. But when you get to Michael, all that music's pretty much gone. You know, it's, it's really or just it's, focusing or it's on daunting. Him. You know, it, it, it's, it's also eerie music. It's yeah. shot lighter too. Like all of Vito's scenes are much more brightly lit too. Do you ever notice mm-hmm. that too? Yeah. When he's right. in the town, and then when it gets to Michael's scenes, a lot of he's a lot in like in offices very dark. and yeah. in the corner of things or crowded rooms. I noticed that too. Right. Like, Shit. But don't get me wrong. <laughs> Vito still does some pretty dark shit, but it, it's for a better purpose. I think like he's. He even asked the guy at one point, he's like, why is uh, why is an Italian guy giving so much shit to other Italians? You know what I mean? When they already right. have it so rough. So, right. Stuff like that. Yeah. What about you, though, Marco? What were your thoughts on... Um, did, do you have any connections with the story itself or any ideas on what you were uh, feeling on that? Just, just kind of like we were saying, like how the, the whole story, how, how it develops like, and shows, you know, the, the downfall of what is essentially the, this mafia empire that was so strong and powerful and influential when when Vito was running it and, and showing it its roots and its humble beginnings and how it was really just about, hey, helping, you know, people who can't go anywhere else for help you know for you know reason abcd to just ultimately being about holding power for michael just being in control fully in control of everything and it it sort of touches on what his father said how he always wanted to be the man holding the strings and that's essentially what michael's reaching after he wants to be the the person holding the strings of, of he wants to be the puppeteer basically and and 
be in control of everything. But the more he strives for that, the more he tries for that, the more tragic, the bigger the fall he he takes. And it's like you said, his his grip gets tighter, but everything else falls from from him. And that the acting shows it. It it shows. I mean, Al Pacino shows his internal struggle. You know, not only does he voice it out in his acting and his lines, but he shows it in his face and how he wants to like be the caring father for his family and for his friends and everyone but he has to hold the stature that he's powerful that nothing's going to move him versus robert de niro where you see he's caring he's loving he's not afraid to show affection he hugs people he shakes their hands he tells them how much he appreciates them how much he'll remember what they did for him you know and everyone like surrounds him for it and you you've feel it through the acting and i i appreciated that that type of storytelling where it's it makes you really care about these these characters and what's going to happen next so um i felt that was pretty good um but speaking on the on the story um this is actually one of the first few movies i think that actually started using flashback sequences to tell a narrative james like what what did you think about those those flashback sequences did you feel they worked did you feel like that helped with the story or you felt it was jerking it too much yeah, no, it, it breaks it up, like you said. I, I'm, I'm mirroring what you guys basically said. Those, title those are help, arguably... Huh? <laughs> it, it, it's arguably, like, one of the the better... Th- it almost breaks up, like, the seriousness of Michael's plot. Because then you yeah. go back and you find out, like, more about Vito and, like, the tragedy and, like, how, what he did. You know, he does obviously go back and get revenge for his family. I love that scene a lot, too, specifically. Mm-hmm. That's a great scene. And then it's... It's just sad because you know what all this is going to go toward, but it, originally the the thought of it all, like you said, it is like a family thing. So, and right. Michael loses loses sight of that, and it's one of those things where the flashbacks keep going back to it to show you, like, oh, but then, yeah, Michael's fucking this up, but look at this, right. Vito did this. And- this is how it used to be, guys. Good old days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and speaking on that too, it also just shows you with the act that happens at the very end of the film. With Frito and you know, with Michael, like it, it, it kind of comes off like I don't think Vito would ever have done that. No, all right, so I don't think so either. I think no. that's the point, right? They're trying it wouldn't to wouldn't have gone you, that like, far. Yeah, no, fuck no, not for, not for like your own blood, right? And I think he always right. had told him to watch over his brothers too. So yeah. yeah, and I think Michael has always been paranoid, especially when he started going into it because he felt he just needed to seize power or uh, in mm-hmm. order to keep the family together, not realizing that. There, you know, there was um, there's a scene at the very end, essentially, where they put he he's with the whole family, you know, all his brothers and, and his uh, sister, and they're all kind of I sitting totally together. I totally forgot that scene was in the movie, by the way. Yeah, until <laughs> I saw it, and I forgot, I forgot it too. I was like, oh my I was god, like, I James Kong came back for a fucking scene. Yeah. Did you know he got paid <laughs> yeah. the same exact amount he got paid for the whole first movie just to be in that scene? Yeah. He, wow. Really? Oh, for yeah. the whole movie? Wow. Yes, and be, and um, what's his name? Um. Marlon Brando was supposed to be in that scene, but he did not show up the day of shooting. That's <laughs> hilarious. Notoriously, notoriously hard to work with. They're like, fuck yeah. it. So they rewrote the scene on the same day. They're like, fuck it. We'll just we'll That makes show. sense. Yeah. No, I mean, it's. I think it works better this way, though. And it shows, like, at the end of the sequence, you know, it's just a family together, and they're squabbling and whatever it might be. And and, and uh, Michael is, tells the family that he's joined a service to join the, the war effort for the World War II. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody kind of gets upset with him and leaves to go wish uh, their dad a happy birthday. And Michael's left alone by himself and realizing... That and watching that scene, that he's always been uh, felt, or at least he's always mm-hmm. felt 
a separate but from the family. One thing I will bring up about that the only person that congratulates him actually is Frito. It's Fredo. Yep. Yeah. So that's, it, true. that's also shows you that like he actually has always been on his side, even yeah. if it doesn't seem like it. Because like, you mm-hmm. know, Tom is like, hey, we had plans for you. And he's like, yeah, plans for me and shit. And he, gets he, even, he even admitted, he mm-hmm. said, I, ne- I never thought it was going to be a hit. The, the the other side just sort of took advantage, uh, advantages of his um, uh, naivety. You know, he, he just, yeah. yeah, he was just naive. You know, he wasn't in on anything. And so they, they used that against Michael. Because they knew that he was the weak point. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right, though. He is alone in there, and it shows that he's alone later on in life, too. Yep. Ends how it starts. Shows his own path. And then exactly. And Scarface for some reason. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it becomes... Well, we, uh, we, <laughs> we talked a lot about what we liked and what, what worked here, but was there was there anything that didn't work here? Anything for you, Nabil, that, that, that stood out? Was there anything you wanted to see more of, less of? You know... I think the film was honestly absolutely perfect. There isn't a lot of things that I would say, I, you know, you could definitely nitpick on certain things and try to critique something, especially with the age of the film. I, I did get a little lost in the plot for a certain period, and then I got myself caught up, you know? I was like, where are we going that's here? A, that's that a, just that's be, a Nabil thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that just could be a me thing. Who I was is like, Hyman hey, Roth supposed to be? Is he from Disney? Well, because I got... Like Who's Frankie's whole said, thing. I, don't know, I didn't understand why he was why he ended up going after Frankie, and I realized that it was just because he assumed he got he was he was making it up as he goes. On he knows there's a mall, and he couldn't figure out who it was. Wait, what are you talking about in the bar scene? In the bar scene, like why did he hit Frankie? That's not that that was Hyman Rothman that did that. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, see? Nabil's like, I still got the whole things. time. <laughs> boy, he's like, boys, I'm going to have to stop looking at my taxes and shit. When I'm I don't... Because yeah. why was he flipping on Michael then? Because he thought Michael sent them after him. Yeah. Because they said... The guy yes. said, you know, regards from Michael Corleone. Michael Corleone, Corleone, but it's not. They were just... Yeah, the whole point was... Yeah. No. They they wanted him to flip uh, even more on dude. Michael. So see? listeners, yeah. if you can see the light bulb right, just, lit up above <laughs> Nabil's head, like, light bulb. You I mean, guys, so he was set up from the get go. He was already set up to fail. Yeah. Wait, no, man, I, I mean to be yeah. to be fair, Nabil, I didn't realize it until this watch. I was the, yeah. the same, whole uh, the same whole other the yeah. other times I was watching and I was like. Man, that part still didn't make sense. Then I watched it this time. Maybe it was the 4K. I don't know. It helped. I but, think they uh, cleaned um, the audio up. I swear to God, because yeah, I can yeah. hear shit better, too. I'm like, yeah, okay, I was yeah, like, I oh, it's a fucking ruse. Okay. 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 That may, that actually puts a lot more into context for me now. And I'm like, huh. And okay. Like, this makes sense. Oh, my God. My whole life's been a lie. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I can sleep soundly tonight. Guys, Best I sleep of my life, VHS. fellas. <laughs> I watched it on VHS. I don't want to lie to you. <laughs> cables four, back four there, by guys. three baby four by three 480p let's be honest <laughs> oh, aspect ratio was all fucked i didn't see anything on the sides it, it cuts it off we got to see it in full screen what what's widescreen i don't even know <laughs> oh man um but yeah uh for for me i i i feel like it there's nothing more or less i want to see maybe a little bit more of a of, veto of um, cause there were, there are some parts that skips where it just, you know, it shows him already, you know, his power growing. Um, it doesn't really do it in slow steps. It's like, you know, long jumps that it does. So I would have wished to see more, but then again, you know, the movies are already like clocking in almost four hours long. So I understand that. But, um, James, um, what, what did you think about this one versus the original film? Do you, do you agree that it's better so or disagree? That's such a, 
I think they're just as equally good. Uh, these are yeah. almost meant to be watched back to back. Yeah, because of how they film. are filmed and how they. I mean, they only came out what two years apart from each other, three years mm-hmm. maybe tops. Sorry, conversation with seventy two, wasn't it? Um, damn, he shot both movies at the same time. Isn't that fucking crazy? Now that we've seen yeah. that one too, you think about That's that? Crazy. This dude was doing shit. And he's like, I gotta go to San Francisco now. I'm like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fucking got Gene Hackman out there yelling at me. Like, yeah, All places on location too, man. Fucking insane. Yeah, I, I love that part too, especially, um, just oh man, it's that ending scene too. It's just so fucking perfect. Right, the scene where he he tells Fredo that he's just like, I know it was you. I love that fucking scene. Even as yeah. a kid, I like that scene. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. Broke my heart. I like when he tells them, you know, that... And he's like, I ain't no cockroach. Wait, <laughs> make some movies, sorry. <laughs> he's uh, telling him that, you know, he's he's not a brother to him. He's dead to him because it, it's Dude, so when gut-wrenching. He's like that, he's like, it's I'm gut-wrenching. Not, he's like, until I'm not, I'm going to, if you ever show up to see our mom, you better tell me a day ahead or some shit or... I'm yeah. Like, Fuck. And then you think they reconcile, you know, uh, in the, at that, at the funeral, and uh, then he just looks at Rocco and gives him that. He gives him the okay. He gives him the nod. <laughs> he gives he's him like, the, yep. like, he's like, so even Rocco, his hitman, his goon was like, uh, boss, are, are like, you I sure? That's a good I mean, he's, like, he's breaking sure? down, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he yeah. learned his lesson, boss. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's better than the original. I think they're they're even. I don't, I, I there's certain aspects I love of the original. I love that it yeah. uh, takes place in that um, late 40s, early 50s kind of era too i love that kind of shit it reminds you of the mafia games yeah. um and then for this one you know obviously further out but it it continues it so well man so yeah and who but, but, knows but we you, might like the third film by the way just as a heads up we we'll, have not we'll seen see. the version we have yeah. not seen that version that is Coda. coming out none of yeah none Coda. of us have seen it yeah so. well what about you nabelle you think this uh th- this is better than the original or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, if you if you asked me before I did this rewatch, I would have said yes. But after watching it again and seeing Godfather Part One so close beforehand, I kind of agree with James. They're about the same. I I, I can't say one is better than the other. I think they're pretty much on par with each other for different reasons too. Yeah, no, I I agree. They're both really good, but I got two is my favorite one, man. It's yeah for it's like oh, again, so, it's the so one so I've seen the most. Favorites, huh? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> goddamn, so favorites. So fucking good. It's the Robert De Niro scenes, man. Okay, well, it. put your goddamn shirt back on, Marco. He's uh, twisting did... his nipples, everyone. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, this is a family show, a little, sir. A little twist. <laughs> show me the twist right now. Um, how does this compare to the other two Coppola films we've seen so far? Uh, start with you, Nabil. It, it, it's supposed to be more like Coppola films, not the last two. Sorry, that's a misprint on my side, boys. <laughs> We've seen more than two. <laughs> we have seen quite a few. No, uh, again, you know, w- once we hit uh, The Godfather Part 1, you could see that he had already made his... He's found his stride, and it was like his signature film, and this emphasized that a lot of the... Uh, his, his it's all style you know mm-hmm. the shots we were just talking about the music and what scenes he was showing that the lighting in, in with Vito's scenes versus Michael's scenes the um the tension that he had you know there's a lot of quiet moments especially with Michael where he was thinking about what he was going to do and you were just kind of already in tune with what his thought was you know yeah. like the head nod to Rocco kind of thing you know like those that's all this is deadly the, bro it's like yeah <laughs> it's a deadly he's, look man he just knows man <laughs> Look at those eyes, bro. And the guy's like, no. he's like, for real, we got to do this stuff. Like, cool. no. And then Michael just yeah, I mean, sitting, standing at the fucking window. I was like, oh my God. Oh, 
yes, I need to watch him get killed. <laughs> but that's those scenes like are all he was. It, it less is more in with with mm-hmm. Francis Ford Coppola and in the films, and he, there doesn't need to be dialogue. He could show you exactly what he wants to show you and build to that tension. I mean, even the scene with Vito um, trailing the uh, the 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 mob guy, I can't remember his name. That's um, where, you know that's taking money from the people over there that he's going around following up on the rooftops and just kind of watching through and seeing the interaction of what Crazy. this guy's doing with the yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that whole thing up into waiting in the corner about to shoot him, wraps the towel around and they see each other for a moment. He's really not sure. What are you going to do with that kind of thing? Like really just that attention. whole thing. And yeah. And De Niro doesn't say a thing. Like it's the whole time. He's just kind of looking at him and, uh, even even the gun the gun goes off and it catches on fire and he just uh, the, the towel and he taps it like that probably for all we know that probably wasn't supposed to happen but he kept right? shut and it moved on from it, you know like it's it's definitely very well shot you know he everything was deliberate everything had a purpose and he he just he has he has his uh skill all to rot in this film like every yeah. everything is there in front of you and you don't have to um imagine you know if he could have done it better i think he did a, he sought out to make exactly what he wanted to make yeah well what about you james how, do, how does this one compare to the other couple of films we've seen no I, I i agree it's just you know this is his golden era like we're gonna hit one more film here afterwards and arguably that's that's never it, really. hear from him Apparently. again <laughs> no no i mean the other films too though i'm more excited too for those because those are the ones that i've Outside of probably the outsiders, I've seen like the yeah. least. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it, and it's one of those things where I want to. I, I feel like we've now that we've seen them all in like order too. We've seen like how he's growing. So like, what happened in the fucking 80s, right? So something happened, right? Well, yeah, uh, I can tell you, he made some wine and <laughs> got drunk off of his own supply, guys. <laughs> pretty much. Because so, this one, I feel the Godfather Two, I feel it's it's a masterpiece. The way narratively cinematography wise acting wise like every, every nabil hit every point i agree 100 percent. and just the way like y- you can really fuck up a movie that uses this much flashbacks you know or a tv show uh hashtag boba fett anyway um but he did it so well you know that it it, it fucking works you know and it makes the story that much better so kudos to him on this one so well that being said, boys, I think we've reached the part where we want to rate this movie. So I'm gonna go ahead and start with you, James. Uh, what would you rate The Godfather Part Two? I'm giving this one five stars out of five. What about you, Nabil? I too give it five stars. Well said, sir. Cool. I I give it a star and a half. I'm just kidding. No, I give it five stars, man. Out of ten. <laughs> if I could, if I could give this fucker six stars, I would. But our, our rating only goes to five. So you know, we're, we're like, I didn't want to bring it up, but uh, I don't know how to count right. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We can't go past five guys. So uh, yeah, five well, stars, man. Now. Solid fucking movie. And I'm assuming we would all recommend this movie, right? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, fucking check it but out. But not man. without watching the first one first. If you if you were definitely got a, I think it's even better if you watch the first one and then the second one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously you'd be wasting like you know six to seven hours of your life. But you know what? Break it up a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> do what you got to fucking do. If we can marathon, uh, you know, fucking Stranger Things in a day, then you can fuck watch these movies. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts before um, we finish up here, guys? Any any other scenes that stick out that you guys liked? 
No, my biggest one was mm-hmm. that ending one. I, I just really like uh, um, just the way that that whole thing is set up. So, yeah, I like the scene where um, Tom goes to speak with uh, Frankie, uh, where he's being held, and they had they had that subtle conversation. And uh, it it took me a few watches when I was younger to realize what the fuck they were talking about. It's basically telling him how he's going to make amends to the family. But that scene was just so fucking good. They're just having this casual conversation. He's basically talking in code the whole time of, yeah, you got to fucking off yourself, buddy. And that's the only way you're going to make things right. Sometimes they would just, you know, make sure they got it done. It's it's weird, too. Even by the end of the film, like he's even uh, Michael's even dissing himself from like Tom by the end. Yeah, you see that, too. So like, dude, that's like your adopted brother, bro. Like, shit. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to tell him about this. I'm like, uh, okay. He's keeping things too close to the chest, guys. Literally. Yeah. And then, I mean, not to mention one last scene I want to bring up was when Kay re- reveals that, you know, she didn't have a miscarriage. She got an abortion. That shit is oh, man. wild. That's tough. So Which, re- briefly, face. we didn't really talk too much on, on Diane Keaton's character or anything, but it, it's so fucking tragic how she tried to stick around with Michael for so long. Uh... But ultimately, she just was like, no, nah, this ain't for me. I'm like, damn. Yeah, I mean, she you it's see just, it at the end of the first film when they were like closing the door on her, you know? Yeah. And, and they, showed, they just, showed that contrast between her versus Michael's mom, who is basically like her his dad's partner at the beginning and get like handling yeah. his appointments and everything like that. And it's like, man, that just fucking sucks. I, I think it's almost because he, he he tried to keep her at arm's length or distance from the, the business. Right. Too, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously because they're doing some pretty shady shit, you know? So. Yep. Well, guys, that just about wraps up the Coppola Corner for uh, this episode. So, glad you guys have stuck around with us so far. Hope you guys continue to listen in as we review more Francis Ford Coppola's movies. Definitely. Let's move on now to our review of Top Gun Maverick. What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they gonna get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. What the hell? Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. And we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one. Top Gun Maverick. Currently sitting at a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell is where he belongs. Pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement and rank that would ground him. When he finds himself training a detachment of Top Gun graduates for a specialized mission, the likes of which no living pilot has ever seen. 
Maverick encounters Lieutenant Bradley Bradshaw. Call sign Rooster. The son of Maverick's late friend and radar intercept officer, Lieutenant Nick Bradshaw, aka Goose. Facing an uncertain future and confronting the ghosts of his past, Maverick is drawn into a confrontation with his own deepest fears, culminating in a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those who will be chosen to fly it. This film is directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who did Tron Legacy back in 2010, Oblivion in 2013, and Only the Brave in 2017, and it's based off of the characters created by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. The story is written by Peter Craig, who did The Town and Batman. The Batman, sorry, uh, back in 20, uh, the recent one in 2022. Justin Marks, The, the Jungle Book uh, in 2016. The screenplay was written by Aaron Kruger, who did The Ring in 20, uh, 2002 and Dumbo in 2019. And Eric Warren Singer, who did American Hustle and The International. As well as Christopher McQuarrie, who did The Usual Suspects, Mission Impossible Fallout, and Edge of Tomorrow. And this film was released on May 27th uh, of this year, and it's currently only in theaters. film stars the return of Tom Cruise as Maverick, as well as Val Kilmer as Iceman. We also have Miles Teller plays Rooster, Jennifer Connelly as Penny Benjamin, Bashir Salahuddin as Hondo, John Hamm as Admiral Bo Simpson, Charles Parnell as Admiral Solomon Bates, Monica Barbaro as Phoenix, Louis Pullman as Bob, Jay Ellis as Payback, Danny Ramirez as Fanboy, Glenn Powell as Hangman, and Ed Harris as Rear Admiral Chester Kane. So before we go into our thoughts of the sequel to the original Top Gun back in 1986, we're going to get some thoughts from everybody else about how what they thought about the first film and um, see how that kind of compares to what uh, this film is about and uh we're gonna have our returning sabbatical guest <laughs> third chair person here because <laughs> uh, he's probably what like you were like 32 when this film came the original film came out in 1986 so you probably have a really good memory of it it's <laughs> like i was in top gun <laughs> <laughs> so uh marco what were your thoughts on the first film i fucking love the first film man uh i can't remember how many times I would watch Top Gun on HBO or like would watch it with my dad and my brother because uh, I I loved fucking fighter jets, man. I love that 14 Tomcat. I thought that jet was fucking cool. I like how the wings like swept in and out. Like that was freaking awesome. It reminded me of an X-Wing fighter. So um, it, though surprisingly enough, I recently rewatched it in preparation for this movie and I, th- I, I was like, I can't remember like too much of it but i could have sworn that there were more fighter jet scenes and there weren't that many in the original um but still great movie awesome intro fucking lit ass fucking soundtrack and um it's a little bit on the cheese side at times with the acting but it works for the movie and for the era and um i think it's a worthy watch man fucking love the original (laughs) what about you james what were your thoughts on the original top gun yeah, no, I've seen it like a hundred times at this point. I think I've seen it in every format. It's fucking crazy. Really? <laughs> yeah, I used to watch it a lot too. My dad was a Navy guy, so we saw it a lot of times. So we had it in VHS, mm-hmm. DVD, Blu-ray, Blu-ray 3D, 4K, Laser Disc, Oculus, where Marco disappeared for the whole movie, but we won't he bring that did one up. Disappear. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, we won't bring that up. But uh, we all saw this uh, 
in the in the metaverse, I guess I can say. But uh, yeah. we didn't, Marco was just sitting there, zoned out. I said, "Hey, Mar- Marco, the metaverse just ate the, me up." What do you I'm think of the tripping. movie? And Marco was like, "I've been trying to call you guys." <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> no, um, I did. I swear. I think it was faded as fuck. I can't remember. Soundtrack is great. Um, like yeah, it's cheesy, but it's got a lot of mem- It's like it's got so much lines from it too, man. Like very quotable a film. lines. A lot of quotable yeah. films. So. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, same. I mean, I've I've seen the film many times. I I did recently also rewatch it again before watching uh, this film, and I, I liked it just as much. I th- I was worried of I hadn't seen it in a little bit, probably about four or five years, and uh, or no. before obviously our Oculus experience. No, that's twenty twenty. Uh, but that was kind of different. Yeah, that was no. a little different. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but the. Watching it again, I thought it was going to be like, ah, oh, this is really outdated at the time. But yeah, there's some cheesy stuff, but definitely still a fun watch, still worth watching again. Um, uh, especially to see, you know, the volleyball scene, which is, of course, my favorite scene. Just a bunch of, course, of guys having fun. <laughs> That's all take all my up. breath away. Take my breath away, man. Very solid blue. song. Very blue. <laughs> um, okay, so what about this film? James, what were your thoughts on Top Gun Maverick? I thought it was good. and a lot of fun. I took my dad out to see this, saw it in IMAX, because this would be the one movie you'd want to actually see in fucking IMAX, because of the fucking way it was filmed. Yeah, <laughs> this film is definitely yeah. the film you want to see in IMAX. Yeah. Um, I think, for me, though, I was more amazed of how it was filmed compared to the story. I think the story itself is... It does a good job with the story itself, but I think it's a little bit lighter on that compared to... Other kind of reboots. I guess, it's not really a reboot, but you mean like sequels that come out 40 fucking years later. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of movies like that. There's, there's been a few, but that I liked the action. I thought the story was good. Um, um, I liked the cast a lot, so I think that really worked out. Tom Cruise was great. Miles Teller. I've, I've always been a big fan of him, and now I think he's got a lot more people noticing him now after this movie. It um, took a while. They're really trying to make him something. Yeah, man. Whiplash, dude. For real. It's a great movie. And then now he has, you know, they all got really fucking yoked. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, I really like Glenn Powell, too, as Hangman. I thought he was kind of hilarious. He's kind of like the Iceman to Rooster, because that's kind of how they just do shit in this movie. And uh, I even like John Hamm. The Madman fan in me is just like, nice, you know? So uh, I had a lot of fun. It's uh, unique as hell how they actually filmed this shit. They actually were in fighter jets and... Right. Tom Cruise is a madman, so like, I mean, I might look into Scientology. I don't really know anymore. Like, how is he doing all this shit, guys? <laughs> Something's got to be fucking real here now, right? It's a thrill seeker. He's one. Of, I, I was telling uh, my wife about it before, but I feel like he's one of the few like true movie stars. Like, there's a lot of big box office movie stars out true there. True Scientologists. I'm like, uh, we know <laughs> the Bill. <laughs> so is Will, Smith. Will Smith is out there too. Yeah. yeah don't worry. Um, but but I think that like Tom Cruise really is just regardless of what you think of him personally, when you see his films, at least recent films, he's very he's much one just of the like, remaining like big names. Or you go to see it because it's like it's a fucking Tom Cruise movie. Exactly. And although, right, I mean yeah. that in the Mission Impossible, where he's hanging off fucking Abu yeah. Dhabi and shit, and I'm like, and that, and he's man? he's always very passionate about his projects and and yeah. really cares about them, you know, and, Which and is you cool. can feel it's nice he, to see. He, yeah. Like did an interview Lee. with James Corden, like, but yeah. I mean, whatever you think of him, but like, he generally spoke about well, how, what what he looks for in film and pushing the limit, and you know, he said next when he's going to become a dinosaur. So I was like, <laughs> he's 
He's like, I would have never had fake dinosaurs. I would have brought them back. I'm like, don't. <laughs> Sorry. He's waiting kidding. for the tech. We have the technology. <laughs> He's waiting. He's like, I know a guy. Holy <laughs> fuck. What about you, Marco? What were your thoughts on Top Gun Maverick? Oh, man. I fucking loved this movie, dude. <laughs> this is we're talking about sequels that outperform or are flat out better than the original and i think this is one of them back to back man godfather 2 and this one both the same well almost the same score too 96 and 97 but anyway uh yeah dude i thought it was man cinematography was fucking amazing in this dude you can tell like they pushed every fucking limit and went balls to the wall with everything with the fighter jets. Um, I love F-18s also, uh, especially the Super Hornets, uh, which is what they used. They're fucking uh, awesome little sleek jets, man. Fucking sick as fuck. Um, yeah, I, I can I can name military planes weirdly. I was that kid. Anyway, um, I like how they use the double seater and the single seater. Yeah, because I'm attention to detail. Anyway, uh, the characters were great, dude. I like how it focused on the characters. I was a little worried about the ensemble. You know, because not everyone in the original got like some attention. It was mainly like Maverick and Goose and then Iceman and his uh, freaking partner. But um, this one really kind of got a whole team dynamic. Hey, Bailey, how you doing, buddy? You liked it, too? And um, I liked everyone. You know, it's it, it, they had like kind of this, a parallel dynamic with the first crew from the first movie. Um, but just kind of more modernized. I like Monica Barbao's Phoenix. I think she was pretty cool. Lewis Pullman as Bob was was awesome. Uh, Hangman made a great asshole and great dynamic, and um, yeah, his arc was pretty good. Um, Payback, fanboy, all of them were pretty good, man. Um, I liked obviously the fucking jet scenes, man. Fucking awesome, dude! Just uh, incredible. I'm glad that they used like real F-18s, no CGI or nothing. Just everything. Well, maybe some CGI. I don't know, but um, <clears throat> primarily try to use a lot of like real, like practical effects when it came to like the jets and stuff so um the the story overall had like you know really great acting man the acting was really fantastic and we talked about how the first one had some cheese to it and this one yeah it does have some cheese on on it but man the 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 strong emotional moments that occurred in this movie were were done and filmed uh so well and yeah like the story was was pretty simple and basic but i like how it makes up for it by like really focusing like on the characters and on the team dynamics and on, on Maverick's arc in this movie. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that the, I mean, I'd argue that this film actually has a story more so than the original film that, you know, there's, there's an actual enemy there. There's tension mm-hmm. built that there, there's an actual, um, there's actually stakes uh, of of their mission, and you kind of know what's going to happen. Like this is a suicide mission that they've got to try to come out of and, we don't know if they any of them will survive it. Um, yeah, the stakes were definitely so, higher. Yeah, and you felt that in this film. And yeah, the acting was great. I do think that they should have they could have spent a little bit more time on some I well, not that they could have, but I wish they did spend a little bit more time with some of the other characters. You don't get a lot of interaction with them, but mm-hmm. you like Tom Cruise, you get plenty of with his character. I think that's great. And Miles Teller, I, I think that that maybe there would have been a little bit more that we could have added to the tension between them, but but the yeah. point was was very well told for what it was. But they could have leaned a little bit more on that. So not all the side characters had a lot of um, time, but you got to fill in that time. 
a lot of scenes in the air. It's like what Marco was saying that he didn't remember as many um, shots of the planes back in that the original film. And this one, you know, you you feel like you're inside the jets in a lot of instances. And uh, from right. a little bit of trivia here is when you know they're they're filming those scenes actually with them in the air. You know, it's all actually happening. It's not like they're in a, a set or anything like that. And so they had to memorize their lines. They weren't getting any audio fit to them in their helmets or anything like that. So they need to, to know the the points of when to make the facial actions, of when they're turning and everything like that for the scene and, and whatever they're supposed to be saying at the time when you're filming them up in the air. Those are all, like, happening at once. And if they flubbed up anything, they'd have to go back up and do it again. So, like, those were real interactions you were getting throughout the whole scenes, too, which was great while they were up in the air with a, a professional in front of them flying and you yeah. just couldn't get anything like that you know from before like these these are all it felt so real and like james was saying like having to see this in imax it really did immerse you in that experience watching watching it the sound in the film just hearing the jets and you know just the whole you felt so immersed in everything that you were going that through fucking I, intro. I, I, yeah, yeah. Even the intro recall to the original film, like that, was just great too. Just to be able to see that again and get the music going, and you know, you got really pumped for what was going to happen next. I know? screamed and in my theater. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I shouted "woo." Yeah, I was that guy. Thanks. <laughs> it was packed. I didn't give a fuck. It was exciting. It was exciting to re-see it again. I didn't know if I would be as hyped about it, but then just getting into it, I told James after the film, I was like, one of my favorite films of the year. Obviously, I haven't seen everything, but uh, especially maybe some better ones, but definitely the most um, fun film I've seen this year so far. I think so, it's definitely uh, one that's lived up to its hype. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what else has really worked for you guys? I'm sure there might be some scenes that really stuck out. We've talked a little bit about the, well, we've talked a lot about the flight scenes and just them up in the, in the air, but was there, um, James, was there anything else that really stuck out to you in this movie? I, I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, those are the definite standouts for me are the jet scenes. Cause obviously that's kind of the pool of the whole film. Um, the final missions really cool too. I like those as well. Um, they do a really good job with the training montage leading up to it too. I do like there's a certain scene where Tom Cruise kind of proves to everybody that, hey, this is doable. So it's like, OK. Um, but yeah, those are the ones that for the most part, that's what I can. That's the ones that I can recall the most. Like I said, it really stood out because when, when it comes down to it, the stuff that didn't work for me is dialogue. You know, it is very on the nose at that bar scene. A little bit of exposition. Dump me. There's a lot of fucking exposition. Everyone's like, oh, look at, like, who are these guys? Well, that's Hangman. He's blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and this is Rooster. He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, so he's a party animal, right? Or, you know, shit like that. Yeah. I was like, a little on the nose there. Couldn't have just... And that's the <laughs> most background you get with them for the rest of the film. Yeah, like, truth be told, I don't know anything about Payback and Fanboy. I'm like, Okay. And there was even the other guys like Yale and whatever his fucking name is. I was Bob, like, I too. have no just, fucking clue who Bob. these guys are. Yeah, kind I kind of following were... suit with the original, where like you, the only ones yeah. you really know anything about is really like Maverick and Those Goose and a yeah. little bit of Iceman. That's about it. But even even with that, I would say like I want like I agree with you, Nabil. I did want a little more push with Maverick and Brewster. I feel like that shit was resolved kind of quick. And then by the yeah. end of it all, it's like turns into a buddy cop film. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it does. Okay. The tone changes a little I bit. I was like, what the fuck? But yeah, that's me. Well, well uh, speaking of which, Marco, 
you know, Maverick and Rooster specifically, what did you think about their their relationship in this film? Um, I kind of agree with James where the the whole um their their dynamic kind of shifts a little too abruptly. Like there there's this animosity between them, obviously with Spoiler alert for the first Top Gun movie. If you haven't seen it, you know, I'm sorry. It's been, you know, 30, 40 fucking years. But with Rooster's dad, Goose, dying in the first one. And it's kind of cool how they, sh- they flash back to that and actually use the scenes. I uh, wish they yeah, would have cleaned them up a little too. bit more, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's he you think that it's because of that, that, uh, you know, they that the, he blames Maverick for, you know, for that. But it's, it was really something else that he's mad at him about. It's, it's kind of OK. It's kind of stupid, but I'm like, oh, OK, dude, chill. But uh, it is resolved kind of a little too quickly. I wish that it would have had like a process of that happening. And I get they probably got to the end of the movie and I'm like, oh, shit, we got to fix this um, real quick. We do this. You know, um, we, you know, the, the way they, they fixed it was kind of like, uh, oh, okay. Kind of like they kind of wrote themselves in, into a corner, didn't really know how to resolve it. Um, even the, the final like sequence, um, kind of agree with the criticism James gave there too. I was, it were, you know, ultimately it works, but you can kind of tell they were just kind of like, oh shit, we got to finish. We got to wrap this up guys. Come on. Yeah. I was so, like, was this supposed to happen or was this a reshoot? Yeah. And it was, um, oh um, Yeah. It almost feels like it was a reshoot. Like they probably had like two endings, and they're like, "Let's go with this one" because the audience didn't like the other one. Yeah, because um, I'll talk about it in spoilers. What I thought. Really yeah. Happened, yeah. Like, same. Because I thought so, it was a lot more emotional one route, and then out of this, I was like, "Oh, never mind." Yeah. So, um, aside from that, um, I th- there was something else that really didn't work, and that's um, I'll talk about it later. But that's those are some of the things that I kind of wanted to pick about. Okay. Well, and then we also had a new kind of the first time we see her relationship with Penny, who's played by yes. Jennifer Connelly. She's she's That's mentioned the as the Admiral's daughter in the first film as somebody he, he messed around with for a little bit. Um, but and now she's actually a person and he has some kind of relationship sort of with her in this film. Yeah. You know, at first, at least, um, I think that's a interesting choice. I don't think I don't think it was necessarily bad. You know, Jennifer Connelly's cool. She 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 didn't bring anything bad to the film. I'm glad that it was a reference of original character and it wasn't just like a recast of the original. Um, so, I guess to a I point, mean, she kind that. of grounded Maverick to a point, and he always seemed to like push the limit and stuff and be super reckless. And she kind of gives him a reason to not. But I felt like it was still kind of like it made sense and um, still kind of weak. I still had to read up who the fuck she was, though, to Bill. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. she's it's, it's oh, literally it like a quick the one line that's thrown in. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, so, it's like it was kind of weak. Like she's I'm not somewhat gonna, like, closer to his age, I would say. Yes. That's like always good. 51 or 52. And it's like, OK, for once, you actually not somebody 30 yeah. years younger than him. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh it you know it was their scenes were cute but um also kind of like a a little bit of a sloppy love story but yeah whatever I'll, I'll forgive it it was fun though there were some scenes that were fun it was yeah. like legitimately looked like it was a uh, fun relationship in the film oh, so there was a little bit of chemistry legend, which I enjoyed. it's a little legend fucking reuniting you know that's kind of cool right kind of yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> from way back oh when. that's yeah, right they've known each other yeah. since they were like 18 years old so I'm like, yeah yeah finally, i only know i only recall this because i just i just watched the 
special Blu-ray. Of Imagine. Just let you know. Yeah. So. Well, you know, maybe it's a sign that they might make another one of them adults. Nope. In that world. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. They ain't no following Willow's, <laughs> Willow's path, man. No. Mm. Um, we've talked quite a bit about this film. We've talked about what we didn't like, what, what, what we do like. I know we want to go in a bit more depth on some key scenes in the film. So um, we'll save kind of the rest of the conversation for the spoiler section. Before we jump in there, though, let's talk about the rating of this film. I'll start with you, Marco. What did you give this film out of five? I am biased on this because, again, I I love the Top Ken movie, the original one, and this one was fucking awesome i i you know saw it with family which is another really good aspect about it saw the first one with family saw this one with family so that also added to the experience i give it four and a half stars man nice okay and what about you james i give it four stars out of five four stars yeah and i probably uh, overrated this but i had such a great time i gave this a full five stars as well so i i really mm. enjoyed this movie i'll have what this man smoking mm. <laughs> I was like, fuck movies that make me feel good. Just kidding. That's right. These these are the ones that I enjoy. No, that's good. Because I mean, Um, I will bring this up. Nabil's been notorious for saying he just hasn't felt like movies have been back. And then here you go, Nabil. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is the first film I've seen in uh, a while. Even like when I watched Spider-Man, I really enjoyed that film a lot. Um, But this one really made me feel like just excited and unexpectedly. You know, like you go, I'm I'm always going to enjoy a Spider-Man film or some kind of Marvel film to an extent. But seeing this where I didn't really have that high of an expectation of it and then going in and just being like, this is a great time. And it could have been the atmosphere. I might watch it at home. It might be different. But. I yeah. just enjoyed the entire experience uh, for the whole time, and so yeah, it's well, that's good. It's a film that I think a lot of people should be able to um, probably get the same or something similar kind of experience out of. It. If you're just going in trying to watch a popcorn flick, like this will be definitely it. Okay, so we're about to jump into the spoiler section. Before we do, if you haven't seen the film and you want to hold off on hearing any kind of weird twists that might come up, which they're you know pretty fun, what um, a twist. go ahead and skip forward a little bit. Oh, the best twist. Skip ahead a little bit. We'll uh, go through our outro, let you know how you can get a hold of us, um, as well as let you uh, find out what we're going to be watching next. Otherwise, stick around for just a moment. We'll get into spoilers. Okay, so spoilers. Let's talk about what we've kind of alluded to, which is the, the twist ending, which essentially it comes up to... A clima- what we think is going to be a climatic scene of where Maverick is sacrificing yeah. himself to save Rooster um, and kind of puts himself in the line of fire. Um, and then he uh, survives. <laughs> He's like, yeah, then it turns into <laughs> behind enemy lines. From- Dude, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> First I was thing like- I thought, especially with the helicopter, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me in the snow, Luke, too. Luke, who is it? Owen Wilson? It's Isn't Owen- that? Yeah. yeah, Owen Wilson, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And, wow. and it's a very interesting twist because it sounds like from you, James, you didn't expect it. I certainly didn't expect it. I thought that he died. I was like, this makes sense. I was like, okay. Yeah. I was They're like, a cop out. Sacrifice I actually thought that would have been a better ending, it. tell you the truth. Because I was like, Same oh, really? he sacrificed himself to save Goose's son. And it's like he paid him back and he finally let go. I was like, okay. Makes sense. Then he woke up. And, and I was like, oh, never mind. And then fucking rooster crashes, and then I was like, "What's Which is going even on?" More right hilarious. Now? I was just like, "Bonkers!" Yeah. Did this just turn into an action movie on foot now? And then they're peering into a Russian thing, and then they're flying a tomcat. I was like, "What?" 
And I, don't get me wrong, I love the scene where the the guy comes up and it, it, like I said, it turns into a buddy comedy. There's like jokes happening after. I was like, why am I laughing now? And he's like, what's he saying? He's like, I have no idea. And I was like, this what the, the tone of this this tone of this is insane. Like it from, really, it does from change, everything yeah. it led up to. It was so tense. There was people like crying, and then I was like, and now what is this? Like I love the scene where he just takes out the first guy like quick because he's like yeah. it comes down to the pilot. I was like, nice. And then. It's just a little goofy after that, man. So yeah, they get into. I mean, basically, they go into a second dog fight in the air, and then it, it happens again. There's yeah. another tense he, scene yeah. where it's like, that's I, it. I guess thought, they're both. Yeah, that. he's like, hey, eject, eject. He's like, I can't get out. Then that as soon as he said I can't get out, I was like, oh, they're not gonna die. As soon yeah. as he said that, yeah. I was like, oh, someone's gonna save him. It's gonna be Hangman. I already knew. Yeah, right. I, I knew Hangman was gonna come. Well. I was like, there. You, and then he yeah. says some corny ass line too. And then for fuck's sake, then Maverick does a flyby of the tower. Like, I am in the good. first one. I was like, yeah, I was like, dude. I was like, this ain't the time. I was like, dude, didn't you just blow out an engine? <laughs> but I was <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, how are you even doing that? I was like, what? By then, the whole crowd was already into it at my theater. I was like, all right, yeah. man, let's just end this fucking movie. So I was like. And I honestly, I think that it it made for a better film for me. Um, I agree in the sense of like, yeah, I was expecting something and it would have been fine. You know, the the whole uh, redeem yourself. But he kind of bucked that trend. It did change the tone a little bit, which was it took a while to get settled into Bro, this. Because they're working you were on the Mustang together at the but, end and they're like best yeah. friends. I'm like, I didn't even think they were relatively that fucking close. I didn't, right. I didn't think so either at that point. Yeah, I was like, that seems a bit odd now that they're, they're fist friends now. Photos. I'm like, what is this shit? But yeah, it seemed last, it, it, it seemed like they were like like, and they didn't really have any any dialogue that proved this. But it seemed like their relationship was okay up until he held them back from like the naval academy from like a fighter school. I feel like, like there's for four twenty years. minutes like, of deleted for like ten years. I think there's yeah. twenty minutes of deleted scenes or something that probably would have yeah. us a little more. But I, I, like, I agree, James. Okay. I think it would have been better if Maverick had died, or at least even if they left it open, because you know they say you know they could have had a throwaway line at the end and said one of the Tomcats was missing from the enemy base, some shit. I don't know. Yeah, but it's something like that. Died. Or, or if yeah. you just saw his helmet and it was like, or he's in a Russian prison. I'm like sequel. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Stranger Things season four. Who knows? Exactly. Know. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was a little goofy. But I was like, all right. Oh, sorry, sorry. We're not I'm supposed invested. to know who the enemies are, or there might be Iranian too. That could be. I mean, in the mountains, who knows, right? Yeah, I was like, sorry. which it's you know, I th- I don't I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing, but I feel like it's you know, like, if it leaves it ambiguous, it makes more money, right? You don't really know who the bad guys are. You can't see their face, but you know, they're all it, Russian. It could be anyone. So I mean, that I think was the biggest kind of twist for it, but. Even even the scene where um, which which I really did then I. Because you know I'm oblivious to what's going to happen to a film. The scene where he actually ends up doing the run himself and makes it, I honestly thought he was going to fail it, and it was going to be like a whole thing about oh he's just not you know they're going to make him do it anyways because nobody else can, and then succeed in the actual run. Like no, he made it. Sweet, it's doable. Sweet, naive. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not how, that's not how movies work. <laughs> It, well, I, I think it, did, it did add tension to Bill because no one else could do it. And they had to follow him. Nobody so could do it. It's yeah. like, dude, no one really survived with Maverick. So. It just made like, it, no offense to that scene, guys, but that, that's really just Tom Cruise jerking off for everybody right there. Be like, <laughs> yeah. I'm the best. I'm the best. And I'm still the best, even at age 50, 
Nine I mean, that's right. really what it was, though, right? He's like the only one that They're could like, do what? it. He did 215. That's 15 seconds even less than ours. I was like, yeah. he's obviously going to make it. I was like, he's going to make it. I'm like, there's no fucking yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. And then he does it. And then John Hamm is just like, you crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> he kind of is. He lets he the right tone of the <laughs> other fucking admiral, bro. Uh, Warlock. The the yeah. uh, the other guy like even then out of nowhere he's cheering at the end I was like did they bring everyone back for this scene and they forgot who their fucking character was <laughs> I was like what the fuck that's the only dude I'm telling you the last ten minutes is what why this one is just a four star for me I do feel like you're right though they may have done some reshoots because I mean the film was delayed the dude multiple was just times like, right? and I was like not yeah. once did this guy ever do, show emotion like this I'm like right um, okay. I do, yeah. It feels it like just, the original ending just really did have him die, and he's they were like, you know I, what, test audiences like don't like this. We'll never know though. But once again, this movie came. This this was filmed 2019, 2018. I heard so. Yeah, it's been a long time. So yeah, half these guys don't even look the same anymore. Just to let nope. you know. So no. I was like, that guy gained a lot of weight. Back. They've gotten much older. So, I was like, in like four years time, I didn't need a twelve pack anymore. I'm like, he's relaxed himself. I can tell. They age like the freaking Stranger Things kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fucking thirty year olds playing high schoolers and shit. <laughs> yeah, right. smoking cigarettes during their fucking breaks, bro. Sitting outside their trailer. Hey, you guys are fourteen. What are you doing out here? Get your ass back on set. <laughs> All right, so that is the end of the pod. Thanks, uh, Nabil, for going through all that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Feedback, uh, response, and reviews. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Check us out on Facebook, the the, the Metaverse, <laughs> Instagram, or Twitter, at MoviePalsPod. Uh, thank you for liking and sharing and commenting. We really appreciate it. Keep on doing that stuff. Also, if you use Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Amazon Music, smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you for giving us a shot. Uh, It's a little special one because we're doing a twofer, but uh, hopefully you'll stick around for the long run and um, subscribe and Send a bill some love since he's so far away from us, guys. Come on. Just do it. I need the love to survive. I need your love. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, stay tuned for episode 127. We're going to be doing the new Pixar film, Lightyear, as well as continuing the Francis Ford Coppola corner with a review of Apocalypse Now, the final cut. Which is uh, just continuing along. So until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a great one.